I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Welcome to Reppin. I'm Evelyn, your host. Today, my guest has been called the Naomi Campbell of Plus. She's a model, actress, and trailblazer in the fashion industry for full-figured and African-American women. She's graced magazines from American Vogue, Essence, British Cosmopolitan, to Vibe. She was named one of the top 10 plus models in the industry by Vibe Vixen Magazine and the Huffington Post's top 10 most popular plus models. When she's not walking the runways, she has a mentoring program called Life of a Working Model Bootcamp, which offers classes that provides a new generation of models advice on how to break into the fashion industry. In 2015, she was on the hit TV competition show, Project Runway. There, she was one of the few models selected to walk the runway for their first ever plus-size collection at New York Fashion Week. And in November 2017, she was named one of the two model winners of Project Runway to be featured in Marie Claire magazine, a first for Plus Models. We catch up with this busy woman in a New York City coffee shop. So turn it up. My next guest is Lyris Cross. 
I know you're from Baltimore, Maryland. Yes. East Coast girl. Yes. Be more careful. Like All right. <laughs> All right. Been warned. Been warned. Definitely. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about what it was like for you growing up and who your influences and inspirations were? My parents are pastors. My dad was an immigrant. He came here from Grenada. And my mom is from Wilmington, North Carolina. So it was this Caribbean guy met this Southern girl and he fell in love. All right, all right. And had my older sister. And then um, me and her are actually 11 years apart. So Ooh, that's a yeah. Big- Big gap, big, big gap. gap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she. so she always says she had a different childhood <laughs> compared to me. But were you guys close? Oh, no, we're still very close. Awesome, awesome. Yes, I love my sister. My sister is like one of my best friends. Oh, that's beautiful. And I always tell her she's like, the t- she was the test dummy. <laughs> you know, okay. so like they got to work out the kinks with her. And then I came <laughs> in. So she's like, you had it easier. All right. I'm like, uh, yeah, but I felt like. I was compared to your perfection, so. (laughs) But she's an amazing woman. She's actually a marriage and life coach in Maryland. So getting back to it, my dad, he passed away last year in August. Thank you. He's in a much better place and he's restored with the angels and up there with God watching over me. Always. My mom is still in Baltimore, but I grew up in a Christian household and you know, around a lot of stuff that had to do with church. I went to private school up into fourth grade. My parents also allowed me the opportunity to, you know, try all types of different clubs and sports, Girl Scouts to uh, basketball, playing the flute. Lots of different opportunities. And I thank God for that. I thank God that my parents, when they had me, They were at a place financially where they were able to expose me to different experiences. Like my mom used to take me to the ballet when I was young. Lots of culture. Lots of culture. My father was U.S. ambassador to St. Kitts or Nevis during the Reagan administration. So going there and it was like my first time I experienced paparazzi. How old were you at that point? Oh my gosh, I was I was still in elementary school, so I'm going to say I was probably third or fourth grade. You were exposed to like the the shutterbugs at at fourth yes, grade. So yes. okay, was that your did you like that attention? I did like it. All right. I am definitely my father's child. How so? My father would always step out and try all types of different things. And he was vocal. He always stood up for what he believed in. And I think Mm -hmm. that's definitely through my veins because he always spoke his mind and he wasn't afraid. And that's why I have to continue his legacy. Clearly, you were you're very inspired by him. My my parents have a great level of love and compassion. And I've definitely taken on that because I try to spread love and compassion through the work that I do. And let's talk about the work that you do. (laughs) So you're a very successful model. When did you actually decide that you want to be a model? I have always talked about how much I love Naomi Campbell. She's my favorite all-time model. So growing up, I looked up to her. I also looked up to Tyra Banks. Yes, um, yes. Because she is a model turned mogul. So right now I'm in the place of patterning my career after her. After Tyra. Yes. And the longevity aspect and the excellence aspect from Naomi. So growing up, I saw them. I used to watch lots of fashion TV. The way I realized I wanted to model was 
Of course, watching that, but when my dad was running for Congress for the 23rd District in Baltimore, he had a photographer come to the house okay. to shoot his campaign brochure. And the photographer was like, do you mind if I take a couple more pictures of your daughter? Oh, wait, how old were you at that point? I was definitely in elementary school, so I'm going to probably say second or third grade. Okay. I remember he took these pictures, uh, extra pictures of me. And, you know, I'm just hamming uh-huh. it up in my father's chair. <laughs> and then a couple weeks later, because, you know, this is the time when you had to develop the film and print it out. And right, right, right. He comes back with this big print of me in my dad's chair. And he says, you know what? She's really photogenic. You should get her into modeling. Ooh. So wait a second. Let me get this right. So basically you hijacked your dad's <laughs> photo shoot and discovered that you had aspirations to be a model. Is that right? I didn't hijack. I just, you know, no, it Charmed just, you, you know, through. opportunities present yourself when you just show up. Right. This is why you just have to keep showing up in life. No, I like it. He planted the seed that has now blossomed into the career that I have today. Because I, as a young girl, heard this man say that. And it just registered in my spirit and I held on to it. I always felt like I'm going to become a model. So tell me a little bit about your experience with Project Runway and and what that meant to you. My first time I did Project Runway was season 14. And that was the first time they ever had a designer asked to use plus models for a designer finale. And that's why I will always show love to Ashley Nell Tipton. Because I feel like she was the fire starter who started to create awesome. the opportunity. This is kind of why it goes back to taking advantage of your platform and putting other people on. Right. Because she could have easily fell within the rules of, oh, you know, you have to do a collection and show it on size six. And she said, well, I'm a plus size designer. And I have this moment and I want to show my collection on plus size models. That's incredible. So I'm glad that she did that. I became the first black plus size model to walk in a designer finale on season 14. She went on to win that season. And I remember at the end of that finale show, I turned to the casting director, Paul, and I said, Paul, can you imagine Like, this was so awesome, but can you imagine if we had plus models for the week-to-week designer challenges? Right. And he's like, yeah, it would be awesome. And he just kept it in mind. Then next thing you know, season 15 happened. They didn't have plus models. But season 16, shout out to my, my fashion fairy godfather, Tim Gunn. Yes. Lovely man. He had been pushing for years for them to use plus models as well, regularly. This was the season that they finally decided that they would. Amazing. Paul called me back in for the casting. I was nervous as I don't know what. (laughs) But I I feel like nervousness can be a good thing because it means you're alive. You're excited about what you're doing. And I, I am. And I did the casting. And then literally, it was Memorial Day weekend. I was at home with my mom. My agent had called me and said, you booked it. I said, what? They said, yeah, you're going to be one of the first plus models to be in the week to week designer challenges on season 16 of Project Runway. It was amazing. I had the time of my life on the show. That's awesome. Every time you walk into that door, you don't know what the challenge is going to be. Right, right. You don't know what designer you're going to be working with. You don't know what the clothes are going to look <laughs> no, like. No, you don't know anything. You don't know anything. We're walking in just as surprised. Right. And it was amazing. And I was glad that I was able to be a part of that season because I knew that 
it wasn't, I mean, as a model, yes, we know it's about us to a certain degree. Right. But I also knew that it was about a bigger picture. First of all, our season had so much diversity as far as race, as well as body shape, as well as size. That's huge. To yeah, hit all it was of those huge. Notes. Hit all of it. Okay. It was beautiful to be a part of something that big and know that I'm representing for black women, but just women of color, period. I'm representing for models. I'm representing for women. Right, right. And I'm representing for plus size women. I mean, that's awesome. But let's go back to that very sort of seemingly small moment where you mm -hmm. turned to the casting director and you said, hey, wouldn't it be great if we had plus size models for these challenges? And mm -hmm. then two seasons later, here you are. Was yeah. that the moment that you found power in your voice? Well, actually, I talk about it in my book, um, Make the World Your Runway. Yes. Uh, but I actually talk about how your words are powerful. Words are spirits. Right. Like my mom says, you speak life or death with the power of your tongue. So you have to be careful what you say, because you can speak life into a situation or you can speak death into a situation. That's so powerful. I'm also a big believer in vision boards and writing out your goal. So these are things that, you know, I've written out, that I speak about, that I have visualized in my head. It still does amaze me when things happen. Yeah. But part of me is like, I knew that this was going to happen because my level of belief is so strong right. that I really believe that anything is possible. So this sort of understanding of speaking ideas into reality, that sort of came at an earlier age. Well, I mean, that goes back to my parents. Gotcha. My mom and my dad, um, they have always been able to... Um, show me the power of spirituality, the power of positivity. My dad was super positive. Okay. Very optimistic. My mom, she always sees the best in people, but I believe in optimism. I believe in speaking things into existence. I love that. And I also believe in the hard work that you have to put mm. into it to make it happen because my mom and dad both both have said faith without works is dead. Oh, I love that. You can have the faith for something, but if you're not doing the work to bring it to pass, it means nothing. You can believe that you're going to go to the moon, but if you're not doing the things to prepare you to go to the moon, it doesn't matter. Right. You have to do the work. You have to speak a thing and you have to believe wholeheartedly that it's going to happen. What a great foundation. I love your parents. Oh, yeah. My parents. Are I, awesome. I mean, you're, you exude <laughs> that sort of confidence, but, it, you know, it's really great that you also understand that you can believe all this, but you got to do the work and you are somebody that will do the work. Yeah. There's so many people that complain or. I don't understand why this isn't happening for me. I'll give you an example. You'll have models who complain about, I don't understand why my agent's not booking me. And I'll say, well, when was the last time you tested? Oh, I haven't done a test in like a year, year and a half. Okay. Well, guess what? You need to be testing every quarter. When I say test for the people who don't understand model terminology, it's when you go and you do a photo shoot with a photographer to build and add new stuff to your portfolio. If you don't test, you're not giving your agent the opportunity to reposition you and represent you again to clients that they've already reached out to. Right, right. Every time you do a test shoot, it's like... It's a fresh look. Okay, 
Yeah, it's a fresh look. Well, you didn't use her like this. Well, what about this? Yeah. Okay, well, you didn't see her like this. Well, how about this? You have to do your part. Yeah. Your agent is there, but guess what? Your a- you have to give your agent the materials to be able to materialize yeah. the goals that you have set in mind. You can't just set it and forget it, you know? They can have all types of faith in you. Right. They can say, I love her to pieces. Right. She's amazing. If you don't have the works, they can't make the work happen for you. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's really important that you're always willing to do the work. But I want to get back and ask, is the fashion industry as hypercritical about looks and like, oh, your hair is not right. Your eye is too small. Or, you know, is it as critical as we hear? It is super critical. Okay. But I will say it is loosening up over the years to allow different streams of beauty. Okay. I've seen advertisements where, you know, a model's teeth weren't perfectly straight or they didn't retouch it and they left the model's scar or something of that sort. So the world is changing. Yes, it is recent. It's very recent. (laughs) I think people have to realize that Modeling is, to a certain degree, about perfectionism. Okay. Um, But it takes a whole entourage, a whole village to create the image that you're looking at. So if you have a realization that when you look at these ads in the magazines and these photo shoots, that it's literally, it's a... It's taking a village to even create these images. Right. Even though they are producing something that is giving a certain sense of perfection... You really shouldn't compare yourself and think that you have to be perfect. Right, right. Because trust me, if I didn't have the hair, the makeup, and all the other stuff, yeah, I'd be cute, but I'm a lot cuter (laughs) when I have that village behind me. Yes, you're right. It does take a a village to create the hair, the makeup, the glam squad. Mm -hmm, And let mm -hmm. me just go a step further. Even Mm -hmm. after that, Mm -hmm. the retouching, the the computer software. Yes. And that's why I'm like, we have to like stop tearing down yourself because you don't look like this image in the magazine. No, you're right. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, But more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I hope to open the conversation about working parents a bit. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier, to find out how they balance being a dad with a successful career. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
there is a whole machine behind the images that are published. Uh, but going back to how critical the fashion industry can be, what were some moments that were challenging for you and how did you turn that around and what did you learn from it? Ooh, um, is there a story that you could share? Well, one of the stories I, I always share is when I, um, was at this event that had a whole bunch of agents and I was already signed to an agency, um, for their plus board, but there was an agent from a a different agency that represented straight size. And he was like, you are so beautiful. I was like, thank you. And then he said, girl, if you could just binge and purge your size to a self six, that could really get you working. Wait a second. Hold up. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Hang on for a second. I need a second for that to process. He said this to you in person that you should basically develop an eating disorder. In person, to my face, in my face. I I wasn't even 21 years old yet. I was probably 19. I can't tell you how completely disturbed I am by this. In the moment, what was your reaction? How did it hit you? And how did you, what did you take away from that? I remember... Just looking at him and thinking, one, you're highly inappropriate. Yeah. And then thanking God that I was already signed. Oh, wow. To an agency that accepted me the way that I was. Love that. And also, I knew that I would, I would never be that size. I tried. Did you actually? Yeah, I tried to to exercise it off and diet it off before and it would be a constant struggle. It, it it's like you start to fight against mother nature and mother nature's like, "Hello, this is not your size. <laughs> right. Your size is something else." And the thing is, what he thought was a flaw for me actually was my superhero power. That is awesome. Because once I stopped fighting nature and started to accept who I was, I was able to create a lane right. for me as a a woman, as a plus model, and as a black model. Because I said, you know what? I'm with this agency that accepts me how I am. I'm going to take what other people see as a flaw right. and make it something that is special and unique. So when I would go to like music video sets, the thing that would stand out about me is because I had more curves to me. Stop being so hard on yourself about something that you think is working against you and make it work for you. I made it work literally for me. You're still making it work for you, girl. Yes. yes. Before you created your lane, because I think mm-hmm. creating the lane is an issue for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. When this guy... <laughs> and again, I have to pause because I'm I'm so disgusted by this person <laughs> that was insensitive, uh-huh. unaware, mm-hmm. or maybe he was aware. And this is sort of an industry norm. I don't know. You tell me. Well, at that time, it was an industry norm. It also shows you the power that agents had at that time right, right. where they felt like almost like I am the God of this thing. So if you want to be in this, right. then you need to go do this. And I can talk to you however I want to right. because I am the agent at such Gatekeeper, and such. Yes, powerful. I'm the Exactly. 
And which goes back to some of the stuff that we're seeing now with like the Me Too movement and other things. Now, this is a different lane, but it just shows you the abuse of power that people have used for years. And was openly accepted. Openly. Which is a whole other conversation. But I want to go back to something. Getting into your lane and realizing that that's actually your superhero power. Mm -hmm. But getting to that point, Mm -hmm. you're 19, you're still trying to figure out who you are. You're trying to get into this like super competitive business. Mm -hmm. And this jerk said this to you. Mm-hmm. Did that shake you? Because that's pretty, I'm impressed that you even said like, I'm glad I got an agent that accepts me for who I am. How did you know not to be shaken by that? I think it was a bit about having a certain level of self-awareness right. at that point, because I hate to say it, but you have some women even now in their forties and fifties who are still trying to be the size they were when they were in high school. Yeah. And it's like, Hello, you were going through puberty. You are (laughs) a grown woman now. Like that is not a a size four is not your calling, mama. You're you're a size eight or you're a size 10 or you're a size 14. Accept it. I started to accept myself and I was self-aware to say, Lyris, you will never be that size. And that's okay. I started to look around and see who I felt has always accepted me and I felt like more of the African-American community did. So even though I was signed to a major agency, I proceeded to say, you know what, let me do some music videos. Let me do this and do that. And it really helped to increase my star power. Yeah. But even on those things, I still had a certain level of adversity because they were so used to using sample size oh, models, yeah, standard that, yeah. size, size six and smaller that they would book me. And it's like, OK, well, the stylist is on set. Well, what can we put her in? My thing was I would see sometimes they would try to give if a girl was thicker, they would try to put her in like a bikini. And it's like, but everybody is in this is a nightclub. Why does she need to be in a bikini? Yeah. Who goes? To you know, a- like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like. For real. So so let me tell you how much I would have to be prepared. I would literally go shopping before a music video shoot and bring my own clothes to set. So that that way the stylist would make sure like you can't count me out. You you have to put me in the scene because I have something amazing to wear. So you covered all your bases and dotted all your I's and crossed your T's. Yeah. Yeah. I had to create the lane to represent more curves in music videos. Then that lane, um, because my buzz came, um, got bigger in there, then people wanted to use me for magazines. I started to do Essence and Honey and Glamour and stuff like that because I was already starting to build this buzz. So you have to work extra hard to make it happen. Right, right. It's not going to hurt me that much to have to bring clothes to set. Right. Is it annoying to have to bring a a full suitcase to set? Yes. But it's going to be more annoying if you say, oh, we don't have anything to put her in and you make me an extra when I'm supposed to be the feature girl. So you're eliminating all of those obstacles for them to create opportunities. And you're thinking ahead. That's awesome. That's empowering. You have to think ahead in life. But like if I was 19 and this guy said this to me, I think I would like work to try to make that work because I would be so hungry to be in this business. So how did you not get shaken by that super stupid statement that that guy said to you? Like, where did that come from? I mean, to a certain level, it was God given, but also um, parents. Definitely. 
I tell, especially my guy friends, I tell them how important it is to speak well and speak life into their their kids, especially their daughters. Right, right. Tell them, my dad used to tell me I was beautiful since I was a little girl. When, you know, when I was missing teeth in the front of my mouth. Was this also when you were still hijacking his photo shoot with no teeth? <laughs> <laughs> You're so cute. <laughs> yeah, but... But my dad spoke life into me. He told me I was beautiful. So it didn't matter if this random agent didn't think I was acceptable in his eyes to be with his agency. My dad already told me that I'm awesome and beautiful and smart and driven and that I could have anything in this world that I wanted to as long as I worked hard for it. But this is why being an awesome parent, how important it is because of the effect, the long lasting effect that you can have on your children. Yeah. My dad is gone on to glory, but he is still affecting me to this day. I think your dad would be really proud of you. You're doing some incredible stuff. You're doing model diversity. Let's talk about that too. Yeah. What is model diversity? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, the Model Diversity Project, it was the brainchild of me and celebrity makeup artist Christopher Michael. We just felt like, oh, a magazine should do something, a shoot like this, or they should show models like this or like that. And then it was like we kept waiting for them to give us a seat at the table. And then we kept saying, you know what? Why don't we just create our own table? (laughs) So we did that with the Model Diversity Project. And if you check out the hashtag, the Model Diversity Project, or go to my website, lyricy.com, you'll see some images from um, our first installation of it. For that photo shoot, that the first one was really to show that you can use more than just one black model on set. (laughs) It's sad that you even have to say that. Yeah, the the first installation was more about like racial diversity. Right. We had me and I think it was four other models. Yeah. To show the beauty of all of us collectively as a team. We had height diversity from 5'7 to 6'1. We had body shape diversity and we also had different sizes. We had from size 10, 12 to size, I think it was 18 at that point. Right. Hopefully for the next installation, we'll go go up even more in size. It was very well received. A lot of the pictures went viral beautiful campaign thank you yeah and and my thing was we I wanted to show plus models as strongly as we could and usually that's through editorial we wanted it to look like it was straight out of the pages of like Elle or Harper's Bazaar or Vogue magazine it totally looked like yeah I wanted them to go there I wanted them to have that strong fashion moment there's a stereotype or an idea Mm -hmm. that women are catty Mm-hmm. And I think your model diversity also shows like you're you're empowering and shining your light on other women. Yes. Coming off of Project Runway right. at that time and and being able to use the power and the name recognition that I have to show these other models publicly. Absolutely. It was an amazing situation. Also. Uh, There are other ways that I'm able to platform and put other people on. I just walked in a show, the only all plus collection that was shown at New York Fashion Week for designer Renee Tyler. Right. There were different models who I referred 
for the casting for that show. They didn't know that. I didn't contact them and say, hey, I'm referring you for this. I just sent in their names. And two of them were ended up getting booked for the show. And then they found out later that it was through my referral. That's awesome. And that's my thing. I was already directly booked for the show. Right, right. But I wanted to make sure that we had a certain level of model diversity within the show. So that's why I did what you did. sent their names in. That's you using your power to really help other people or to show diversity, whether it's in race or in age or in shape. And there are a lot of times where I just do that. There are sometimes people I pour into where I know that, you know, if it's a model I really believe in and it's like, okay, well, let me reach out to her and give her some advice on this or That's that. so great. Or there was one model who I think is really, really special. So I gave her a free runway coaching class. That's awesome. Because... You're awesome. You just need a little bit of tweaking here and there. And this is not something I'm asking to be praised about. It's just let me pass down these tools so I can help to empower you to get go get the the check as well. Right. Which kind of took me into my company. Yeah, let's talk about Which that. is called Life of a Working Model Bootcamp. And that's because literally on social media, getting like hundreds of messages. How do I get into modeling? How do I get into modeling? How do I get into modeling? Right. And I was like, I can't answer all these people. So is that where that you came up with this idea? Yeah. Five years ago, I created the company and I do a couple model boot camps every year. I did that because I wanted to arm the next generation of either aspiring or girls who are already signed to come in and get quality information. I'm basically giving you the shortcut. Right. Because, look, it, I've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars into my <laughs> and career. Hours. And endless hours. hours. Endless and hours. I'm still sweat. investing endless hours. But, you know, I see so many people giving out information and I'm like, but you haven't been in this. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like I really know what I'm talking about. Right. So I created the model boot camp and try to make it at an affordable rate so people can attend. You're giving people a hand up versus a hand yes. out. There's yes. a huge difference. Yes. Because people respect a hand up. People, a lot of times, they respect what they have to invest in. This is just another tool to help you invest and help you to really reach higher heights. And even when the the women attend my my boot camp, I have them leave a picture with me. Right. Because sometimes I have casting directors that will say, hey, do you have somebody for this or for that? And I can just go through the inventory of headshots that I have and say, oh, this girl might be right. Right. So a lot of times I'm doing a lot of stuff that I don't even speak about, just trying to to put other people on and put them in the right position. Clearly, your parents have done an amazing job with you. Thank you. And you did talk about modeling yourself a little bit after Naomi Campbell, who was obviously a trailblazer back in the day. I think she was mm-hmm. one of the original, like you'd coin a supermodel. Yes. And certainly yes. Tyra took that to another step because... She really springboarded from being a model to a businesswoman. A mogul, model turned mogul. You certainly have taken a page out of that book and you can see this manifesting right now. Mm -hmm. But where did that realizing and then actually implementing, creating your own lane first and then helping others really sort of actualize? Hmm. You know, I've always had a certain level of love and compassion and and kind of planning, even when I was like the in charge of the fashion show in high school. All right. But I'm going to say as of late, it was six years ago 
when I did my first model boot camp. All right. Really, my life of a working model boot camp was something I was terrified to do. What scared you? I was scared that nobody would show up. Oh, come on. I'm serious. For real? I'm serious. I had the idea for four years before I did it, but I was just like, oh, well, am I, am I going to be a big enough draw or, or how am I going to do this without a certain level of money? And right. when I say, yeah, I put the room on hold for my first model bootcamp. And this is a, a lot of times when I'm trying to push myself out of my own comfort zone. Right. I will say something publicly because it holds me accountable. Oh, so, is that your trick? Yeah. Yeah. So whether it's, hey, I'm going back to the gym or, hey, I'm going to eat just this or that. When I post it on Facebook or Instagram, then I have to hold myself accountable for it. Interesting. That's a good trick. Yeah. So I was like, hey, you all, just letting you know, I'm going to be doing my life of a working model boot camp. Yeah. Great. Lyris. Right. I remember I put a room on hold that only holds 10 people. Hold up. You put this out. On blast, mm -hmm. and you put a room that only holds ten people. That only the capa maximum capacity. Okay. But the room rental <laughs> was ten people. So what happened? How many showed up? So I open registration. Right. I start to roll out my different people who are going to be on the panel and right. and all the all the stuff that comes with the model boot camp. One person registers. Oh no. Three, five, seven to register. <gasps> I'm like, oh my god. You filled your room. Great. I filled my room. <laughs> 10 people registered. 20 people registered. Oh, shit. You need a bigger room. 30 people registered. 42 people registered. <laughs> That's awesome. I had to switch How were you feeling at that point? At that point, I was in awe. And I mean, women were flying in from all across the United States to come to this. And this was six years ago. Yeah, six years ago. So where are we at now? Well, I am trying to prepare my next one for hopefully this summer. Okay. It just goes to show you when you step out on faith and get out of your own way. Right. How things can happen. And sometimes we are thinking so small, but God is thinking so big. Right. And sometimes you just got to take that first step. And I took the first step which was putting it on Facebook. And then I took another step when I booked the room. Right. Then I took another step when I posted the flyer and open registration. It has gone on to now, this is my sixth year. And it's just the impact of having the opportunity to arm all these women with information. So girls have gone on to walk in New York Fashion Week shows That's after awesome. my boot camp. Get signed to major agencies. That's incredible. And, and I even started to have women who just didn't necessarily want to model, but they wanted to come for the modeling tips and advice. They wanted to be able to come into a room and command the room like a model does. Right. And to know that I've had that level of profound impact in their lives for them to be able to reach certain goals that they've had or to make them feel better as a person. That payoff is priceless. Going forward, not only do you have these incredible initiatives, you have a great book called Make the World Your Runway. Tell me a little bit about the book and what you hope to convey to readers and your audience. Ooh, I feel how we show up in the world is how we color the world. And that's on the outside as well as, well as on the inside. So we color the world with our race, with our, how we choose to wear our hair, the way we just show up, your confidence. 
And so I want people to confidently make the world their runway every day. And and that's a two-part process because it's inner beauty and outer beauty. Inner beauty can be your confidence, your your relationship with God, no matter what religion. It's so many things on the inside. Because right. when you are amazing on the inside, it radiates to the world outside. Beautiful. Make the World Your Runway is a book that touches on the inner beauty and outer beauty of who you are so you can confidently step out in the world and be a success no matter what field that you're in. Right. We all have a platform every day and you don't have to be a superstar to have a platform. It's how we color the world. And I think we should be really smart about how we show up. And so my book takes model principles and stories from my modeling life and expounds upon it in the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual level. So I may talk about, you know, for models, our posture is important, right? But also, you know, your back is you know, a certain way and how you sit and stand when you're on the runway, your posture plays a part. Right. On how I make the runway look amazing. Okay. But guess what? Your posture is important when you're walking into a business interview. Right. For me, prayer is important as a model because if not, I would literally lose my mind because we go through so <laughs> much rejection. Right, right. In, in our field. I also talk about positivity, how positivity plays a big part in my career. And it has helped me to manifest different jobs and situations that I've been able to walk in. When you apply these same principles in your everyday life, it's a game changer. Yeah. What kind of projects can people expect from you and how can people keep up with you? If you love this podcast, please make sure you get more of me. Um, from my book, Make the World Your Runway, which is available on Amazon. If you would like a autographed copy, you can also order it through my website, lyrisc.com, which is L-I-R-I-S-C.com. And tell me what your social media handles are. My Instagram is at lyrisc, which is L-I-R-I-S-C. That is also my Twitter. And on Facebook, I have only two pages. I have a public figure page as well as a personal page, which also allows people to follow my public updates. Uh, and they're both under Lyris Cross. I should be working on my first capsule collection that I'll be working with designer uh, Renee Tyler. Also, I am the spokesperson for Maggie Sotero Designs. And um, that is a bridal retailer who is in over 60 countries. Um, in April, I will be returning to Barcelona to take the runway for the prestigious Barcelona Bridal Fashion Week, where I actually became the first Black Plus model to walk the major shows there. But also, I'll be returning with my podcast as well. It's called Lyris's Lounge. So you're not busy. <laughs> <laughs> so let me know who you are and what you represent. This is Lyris Cross, and I am a supermodel, actress, author, as well as motivational speaker. And I represent diversity, love, compassion, and positivity. I think that diversity is important because we need to be able to see ourselves represented throughout the world because we color the world so beautifully with how we show up. I represent love because love is a game changer and it feels so good, whether it's love of God, family, friends, or romantic love. Love empowers us to live our best lives. I represent positivity because how we think affects how we live. So positivity, when our mind is right, 
everything else falls into place. Thanks to Lyris Cross for hanging out with us here on Reppin. Keep up with Lyris and her projects through her website, www.lyrisc.com. Coming up next, we have an incredibly talented leading lady stopping by. You know her from Broadway's School of Rock, The Little Mermaid, and Phantom of the Opera. Yes, Sierra Bogus will be here. I'm Sierra Bogus, and this is Reppin. Reppin is available on all top podcast platforms, so you know what? You should subscribe, share, and leave a review. You can also reach us on Twitter at Reppin Podcast and follow us on Instagram at Reppin underscore podcast. And you'll see who's coming up next and get exclusive behind-the-scenes content. Thanks always to my musical composer and technical director, El Mysterio, also known as Nelson Pinero, for his time and talent. And always, love and thanks to Gracie Kong. Repid is a Suburban Outlaw Productions. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, stand up and represent. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God. And we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.